0: You were called to make the world brighter, to run on the front lines, to cast vision where it had not yet landed. You are not gifted to be a random burst of energy, but a consistent force that enables the world to hear beauty, see potential, and write stories in a way that points the world to Jesus. Provoke and inspire. Welcome to the Provoke and Inspire Podcast. My name is Ben Pierce. I am flying solo today. None of the regulars can be here, uh, so all I gots is Kippy to my right in shotgun co-pilot position in the half-moon whistle seat, wearing his hat, his flappy boots, and his shirt. Uh, The Provoke and Inspire podcast. Calling followers of Jesus to have radical faith in secular culture. That is our purpose and our plan. Uh, Like I said, none of the usuals are with me. They're on planes, trains, and or automobiles. Uh, So instead, I'm alone. Uh, I do have a guest today. Her name is Hannah Brencher. But before I bring her on and have a discussion with her, uh, I want to bring up a few housekeeping things. Uh, if you have not yet subscribed, rated, or reviewed this podcast, would you consider doing that? I would very much appreciate it if you'd help us spread the word. Uh, otherwise, uh, as always, if you want to connect with our organization, Steiger, the way to do it is through the Steiger Mission School. Uh, This is a 10-week dynamic learning experience where you can seek God, uh, where you can be with like-minded people and learn how to uh, reach and disciple the global youth culture outside of the church. So for more information on that, you can go to steiger.org slash SMS. Uh, Really appreciate if you check that out. Uh, Otherwise, sorry, no random story, uh, but we will get to the guest for our podcast today. All right. Well, now I want to introduce our guest for today. I'm very excited uh, to be having this interview. Her name is Hannah Brencher. She is a writer, a TED speaker, and an online educator with a heart for building leaders. Uh, she has a very fascinating story. Um, and I'm so grateful to be able to actually talk to her in, well, I was gonna say in person, but relative in person here. Um, but before we get into that, Hannah, thank you so much for coming on the Provoke and Inspire podcast.
1: Thank you for having me
0: yeah yeah it's great we're uh excited to have made this work so uh here's the thing I want to set up this conversation just a little bit um and then I just have some questions because I'm fascinated by your story so from what I have read and from what I have seen um well I guess this is how i'll start you You have an organization called The World Needs More Letters, and I assume that's probably what uh, you get a lot of questions on um because it's very unique uh, and from what I understand, you were living in New York city um you're going through a very difficult time, and of course, I'll let you put it in your in your own words. Um, But you had this encounter on a train with this older woman and she really inspired you to write a letter, um, which you never were able to deliver to her ultimately, but it was sort of a catalyst for this uh, letter writing uh, adventure or endeavor you went on uh, and, and you started handing these out to putting them in different places around the city for anyone that would happen to find them. Um, and it's grown into this this whole global community um of over twenty thousand individuals from what I understand and over six continents uh, of letter writers um and so a couple of things i you know we our whole heart is, is is reaching people outside of the church in a relevant way, connecting with people and and demonstrating and sharing who jesus is and um w- would you say i mean this kind of makes it a yes or no question but I feel like loneliness is such a huge. I mean, I heard it in your story, and, I, and in a place like New York City, you always hear it. Would you say that that that's maybe one of the biggest challenges that we're facing in this culture? And, and have you experienced that? And what I mean, I assume people are writing back, or, or what are, is that kind of your perception?
1: Yeah, I would definitely say that loneliness is a huge attribute to why people are getting involved in our mission and why our mission speaks to people so much. Um, I know that for me, it started with loneliness in New York City, and then that loneliness did morph into a diagnosis of depression. And I I think that is the case for a lot of people, that I think it starts with a of loneliness and then maybe morphs into something bigger. Um, Mm. I can't speak for everyone, but I definitely think that living in this digital age where social media is supposed to make us more disconnected that more connected than ever before I think that it's it's having the adverse effect I think that it's really disconnecting us from one another and it's easy to feel lonely when it seems like everybody's lives are so great on a screen and everybody's kicking butt and it's like 8 a.m on a Monday and you feel like you don't add up you know and yeah I've had so many conversations about this enough to know like wow like people really like we're all struggling with the same thing and we're finally starting to talk about it. But um, I don't think it's come to the surface yet of like, what is the remedy or like, how do we combat this? You know?
0: Yeah. Are, are the, um, I mean, it sounds like that the letters are very, they're, they're sort of about solidarity and community. Is there, are you, are you attempting to get at some of those answers? What would be the answer from your perspective?
1: You know, from my own journey, I think that there is a lot of, I mean, I think that we each have to work super hard on our own journey in order to be okay and be the best that we possibly can be. But I think that there are elements that um, are unique or not unique, but um, elements that kind of attribute to all of us. You know, I think that human connection more than anything, and that's human connection that is not just happening on a screen. I don't even think that that's technically human connection, you know? Um, right, right. To be able to meet people off of the screen and have real conversations and have honest conversations. Um, I think that that's one of the refreshing elements of the letter writing is that you're holding a piece of paper. It's something tangible. It's something real. It's something that somebody took time on. Um, right. I think that being able to be vocal about things, to be honest about things is huge, um, to Mm -hmm. be able to get things off of our chest. Um, and I think to pop the myth or the bubble that, that everyone has it figured out except for you. I think that if we're all listening to this kind of like audio in the background of our lives, thinking like I'm the one that messed up or I'm the one that just didn't Mm -hmm. catch the calling train, you know, I think that like, That's not what's really happening. And I think every single one of us is dealing with some sense of feeling a little bit inadequate or feeling a little bit left behind. And so having those conversations, I have seen do wonders for everyone to know, like, hey, like, we're all just doing the best that we can and we need one another. Um, For sure. I definitely think that there are solo components. Like for me, you know, a lot of it is health wise and exercise and getting outside and all of those kinds of things. But right. I think in this medium, it's that human connection and it's those honest conversations.
0: Right. Um, you know, our, we we come at things a lot, of course, from from the Jesus perspective. And I, I think that, you know, you you kind of have... Um, you have extremes on both sides. I, for me, I see, you know, I see the consequences of of secular humanism, reducing humans to evolved, you know, biological animals. And so really, you know, I was just having a conversation with a friend the other day, and he's a deeply compassionate, deeply concerned person, but he's a committed um, atheist. And And I was trying to get in his head about, you know, what is the purpose ultimately in secular humanism? Because because in the animal world, and he's very much a you know evolutionist, um, interactions with animals are, are purely for survival. They you know they they huddle together for warmth or protection or um, to perpetuate their you know their kind. But there's really no the connection is, is does not have a sort of a deeper meaning than survival. And so I see the consequences of that mentality in secular culture. Um, but then on the other end of the spectrum, I think there's a religious component that drives people into a feeling of inadequacy. They, they don't understand Jesus clearly. And so they believe that they have to earn something or they're constantly under this weight of disappointing some divine being. And so that leads to it. What do you feel like there's a worldview issue going on here? Maybe religious on one end and and secular on the other end, but people are missing who Jesus is.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a very, um, big question. Um, <laughs> I think that, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that I look at my own journey and I think that Jesus makes all the difference, you know, for me. Um, But Mm -hmm. I think that Jesus also is a representation of things that like are sometimes not in the atheist pool and then also sometimes not in the pool of people that do believe in kind of like this this dictator God, you know? And I think that those are the elements of of faith and hope and love and unconditional love and grace. And so I think that we have to be able to, as much as I think that Jesus gives us grace and hope and faith. I also think that these are things that we actually have to apply to ourselves. I think it's like being handed a bottle of sunscreen lotion and you know, it protects you from sunburn, but you have to apply it and you have to apply it every 80 minutes or so. And I think that sometimes we get stopped up on the, Hey, like, this is what Jesus came to do, but you still have to apply it to your own life. You still yeah. have to be able to forgive yourself and give yourself grace. And like, I think that, yeah, I don't know. I think that there, maybe there's some kind of middle ground. I'm not, I'm not sure, but I think that like, I think, whoo, um, I'm trying to buy my Sorry words. So like that's like such a great question. But I think about like the fact that I think Jesus came he came to seek and to save the lost, but at the same time, like also like Jesus had such a clear picture that life was service. And I think sure. that especially within this age where it's so easy to be focused on me, 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 me. We forget to serve one another. And I think that that is a huge component to pulling us outside of ourselves and looking towards other people. And I don't know, I've seen way too many things in my short life to believe that this is all just like, we just evolved and we're here for nothing. You know, like I've just seen too many beautiful demonstrations and too many things that are just not accidental. But I think that like, if we're always just focused on how I'm doing like that, that will drive a person into more loneliness, but something beautiful happens when we step outside of ourselves and we, we ask our neighbors, like, well, what do you need? Or like, are you okay? And like, we yeah, we serve one another. And I think that that's probably the biggest blessing that I've gotten from More Love Letters is this ability to serve a community and to mm. serve one another simply um, with an act that takes more than two seconds, you know? Sure. You've got to get the stationery. You have to write the letter. You have to get the stamp. You've got to bring it to the post office. Like all of that takes time. Um yeah. And it's different than just sending a text or double tapping a photo to let somebody know like you're there right. for them.
0: Yeah. No, and I. And again, I. what I love about what you do in your heart is that there is such a simple, beautiful service in it. And that even, even I don't know if it's still like this, but even in the early days of writing a letter, not knowing if, who would receive it, yeah. it to me is even that you get nothing out of that, right? I mean, even you when you write yeah. a comment on someone's picture, it's still in a sense like, Look at what I said about this person. And so there's a very selfless nature to that. I, I guess for me, what what it comes down to is people ultimately, like you said, we need to apply it, but we it begins with our understanding and then that trickles down to our actions. And I think what you see is you see people living out the consequences of secularism, which is I really don't have transcendent purpose and meaning. And so that when they start to live that out, it it, it crushes them or there's no reason not to just live for myself. Why would I give up anything when this is all there is and there's no transcendent value on on the other end of that, a false conception of Jesus, uh, this religious idea that, that either I'm never good enough or conversely, I'm better than these also trickle down into behavior that is not representative of who Jesus is. And so I think, I think the point I was trying to get at is I think people need to see the real Jesus because not only does he provide the catalyst for the kinds of thing you're doing already but he also gives the, the 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 basis and the foundation for for really um dealing with a difficult world because i think a problem people also have is that they have this sort of uh, panacea version of God that, that he just makes everything better right now. And, and I think you and I could both attest to mm, the fact yeah. that life is still hard, yeah. right? And so Jesus doesn't provide some cheap solution. He provides the foundation for not only, like you said, dealing with the things we go through, but then also giving of ourselves to others. And to me, it, yeah. it's, it provides such a beautiful foundation for the very thing that I see that you're doing. And it's so encouraging to me.
1: Well, and I think too, for like in that vein, what I try to encourage like young people or my audience that follows me and like more love letters is not a religiously affiliated organization, but anybody that follows me on social media or anything will learn very quickly. Like what is backing me. Um, But what I always tell young people more than anything is that like this idea that like, you know, like you can go and sit with a Bible and you can read it and you can figure it out for yourself. You know, like you can, that is the best way that I think you can have a relationship with Jesus and with God. And right. that like the word of God is really where that relationships and that essence comes in. And I think that a lot of times we're fed what we believe is the image of God, or we are sitting in a church so that the pastor will tell us. And I think sometimes like, you know, like we need to sit down and do the real work of figuring it out for ourselves and wrestling with the question yeah. ourselves. Because if at the end of the day, like my entire faith is built on the foundation of a church, and then something happens to that church or something disappoints me, will I walk away from my faith altogether entirely or will I have a foundation that God and I have built together? And I think that that just comes from sitting with the text and asking the questions and definitely going into the gospels and seeing the way that Jesus lived and what Jesus did and what he was all about. And like, that's where you start, I think more than anything, you know? Um, And I think that that is what makes faith durable and faith, to withstand those storms, because I completely agree with you. I think that, um, not everything is going to be okay tomorrow. You know, I don't think that's the point of this lifetime that we'll ever see this outside of heaven. And, right. um, at the same time, like there's still beauty and there's still reason for hope and there's still reason for faith and there's still reason to rally.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. That's really, really encouraging. And, uh, I, uh, you know, maybe kind of to, to sort of close with this. Um, you know, I think there's a, a a myth that a lot of people have that they, they feel inspired, right. And they see where you're at now. And despite your clear testimony that it started in such a simple way, they, they missed that. And and so I guess what I would say is, um, how would you challenge someone to, to use their gifts to make a difference? I, I, I always get so frustrated because I feel like Your story is such a perfect example that you can use a simple idea and and it can be used in a powerful way. Um, So what would you say to someone listening who feels inspired by your story, but maybe doesn't know where to start?
1: Well, and I think what's so interesting about my story, um, like not in a like, oh, my story is so interesting sort of way. But what's interesting is that like while I was living in New York City and while this was happening, that I was writing letters and leaving them behind for strangers I was working at the united nations like i was um rallying for girls education and yeah. for um equality and sustainability and all of these big issues and i thought this is a way that you make a difference it's like huh. you get at the heart of these big issues and right. here i was writing these letters and i wrote them off as insignificant like i really thought like a letter can't change the world you know mm. and i've definitely been Disproved since that point, and so what I right. tell anyone that like, I have so many people that come to me and they're like, I want to make a difference. I want to change the world, and it's like, okay, but like first you have to be able to like look around and pay attention to the world that you're living in, and mm. um, pay attention to the gifts and the talents that you've been given, and like, you know, like I think a lot of times we create things out of our own need, you know, like, I think that in a lot of ways, that's why more love letters came to be is that I was lonely and grappling with depression. And this was how I chose to cope. And then I built it because AI needed it, but other people needed it too. And so I would say like, yeah, those are my main things. You pay attention, you live fully in your life, you figure out what you're good at, and then you You build out of need, not a build out of a need to be significant.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and again, maybe going back to what you said before too, it's like, look at Jesus, right? He, there's so much of what he did. Yeah. There were, there were big speeches for thousands of people, but more often than not, it was simple and it was with just ordinary people. And in fact, often it was with despised people. And, and, you know, I often think he had three years and you, you could look at it and go, man, you could have been more efficient with your time, Mm -hmm. but he would just devote, you know, a meal with someone that was despised or with someone that was looked down in culture. And I think it models for us that it's, we're so backwards in what we think significant is. Um, and it, this, the most significant things often start in the most simple ways and are often totally by accident. Uh, yeah. And and God just sort of takes it in a place we we didn't expect. So anyway, thank you so much for this. I know it's a bit brief here, but it's um, man, very inspiring and, uh, um, for more information on what Hannah does, moreloveletters.com, dot com. Um, I'm assuming that's one one way they can connect. Of course, you just had a book that came out, from what I understand, in May. Is that true? Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Come Matter Here. Yes. Uh, your invitation to be here in, uh, in, sorry, your invitation to be here in a getting there world. Um, so that just came out uh, relatively recently. Um, I'm assuming you can get it everywhere, but of course, Amazon, like everything in the world, you can get an Amazon. Yep. Uh, so check that out. Is there anything else you would like me to bring up or mention um, before we close this up?
1: No, this has been so great. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I really, really appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, let's do this again. Thanks, Hannah.
1: Absolutely. Anna.
0: All right. Talk to you next time. Peace.
1: Thanks for listening to Provoke and Inspire, the official Come and Live podcast. To hear past podcasts, go to comeandlive.com. Got a question for the guys? Send it in to provoke and inspire at comeandlive.com.